Welcome to another episode of The Fittest Guy in the Office. I'm Adam, and this podcast is all about helping busy guys make the most out of their time and navigate through the many nuances of fitness. I'm an online fitness coach and men's physique competitor, and I'm also working on my master's degree in exercise science. Here, I'll be sharing the knowledge I've accumulated over the years of fitness and nutrition, as well as sharing the mistakes that I've made in the past so that I can help you avoid making the same ones. My mission with this podcast is to give you a no-fluff, no-BS, one-stop shop for fitness and nutrition information. I also talk about productivity, motivation, and mental health, as well as interview some of the top entrepreneurs and greatest minds of our time. So not only will you learn from successful professionals from a wide range of industries, they'll be taking us through their daily process and sharing the habits that make them so successful. The Fittest Guy in the Office is all about getting fit, being successful, and optimizing your time. So let's get right into it. All right, today I talked to Luke Johnson, who's a friend of mine, and he's the founder of the Personal Trainer Collective, formerly known as the SBS Academy, shredded by Science Academy, which is what I did when I first started, and it's where I learned the bulk of what I know now about being a personal trainer. So if anyone is interested in becoming a personal trainer, I would definitely suggest checking out the Personal Trainer Collective. It's evidence-based, it's full of experts sharing their knowledge, and it makes all the rest of the certifications look like trash, because... To be completely honest, most of them are. We also talked about online business and starting from the ground up. If you're an online entrepreneur, you're going to want to listen to this. We also talked about uh, programming for busy people. So I like to tell you guys that time is not the issue. Your organization is usually the issue. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it's just moving things around in your schedule and prioritizing fitness. So we talked about how he would go about making an efficient program that fits into a busy person's lifestyle. We had a bit of technical difficulties at the beginning, so part of our conversation got cut off, but the most important parts were saved. Don't worry. Here is Luke Johnson. So you think at this time I was probably 22, 23, um, got a job in a college, and I'm a 23-year-old teaching people that are double my age. Um, and I did that for five years, and it, it was good, but again, going back to... The, the pivoting point for me, and I think there's always a thing in your life where um, it's like a pivotal moment where something happens and it's a switch. And for me, it was when my girlfriend told me she was pregnant. And at the time, I was still living at home with mummy and daddy. I was getting paid like £33,000 per year. Which, like, how old was I then? So I was like 25, 26. And so I wasn't, I wasn't struggling I didn't have debt, just my student loan, but it wasn't that much. And um, I was like, oh, crap. I now have a human, I'm now bringing a human being, a baby into this world, and I don't have a penny to my name. And at the time, uh, one of my good friends now, Paul Moore, I can remember following his work, and he he was a, like, a successful person trainer around boot camps and stuff like that, but he got into a car accident. And he was unable to work. So he was unable to provide for his family. So I had that situation where I was like, if I was to get injured or I wouldn't be able to provide for my family, where if it was just me, it'd be all right. Cause, but now I'm bringing someone else into this world. I was like, shit, I need to make some changes. So then that's when, um, I started online coaching. So I, I, at this time when I was working at a college, I'd still do personal training. I'd do like a boot camp class on a Saturday. That would give me enough money, Adam, to get an Indian takeaway every Saturday for free. <laughs> so it's something that I weren't really looking to 
trying to expand because obviously I was working a 40 hour week as a lecturer. I was like, right, I'm going to do my bootcamp. And I trained probably three to five clients in person. They, they used to meet me at the gym or I'd used to meet or train them in the park. Um, so it was, and that was pretty much the way it was for five years. And then at the time when the, the missus or the girlfriend told me she was pregnant, I was like, I need to get in good shape because when this child comes, it, it's going to change my life. And I don't know. I know it's going to change it. I know that I'm probably not going to, I'm going to be, have to be uh, less selfish with my time. Um, therefore I need to get in shape. And at that time I was still a bro. I go through a stage. I think most people, it's my aim in business to make sure that people don't start off the way I started off in, in the fitness industry, being taught stuff that is out of date, that wasn't backed by science and the people you followed were the best people at marketing, but not the best people when it comes to actually putting out accurate evidence-based information. So at the time, I, I wanted to be a fitness model. That was my thing. I was like, because oh. a few of my friends in fitness, like Scott Bakhti, he was on like the front cover of Men's Fitness or Men's Health. And I'm going... Yeah, I could, I could do a bit of that. I look back now and I think, what the hell was I thinking about? Um, and there was this competition. I think I, I just basically stopped eating carbs for breakfast and I only ate complex carbs for dinner. Okay. And I, I was eating boiled eggs with paprika with some <laughs> walnuts. That was my breakfast. Or I'd go into the college and I'd have like smoked mackerel and I'd cook it in like the microwave or whatever it was. And it absolutely stunk out the office. <laughs> and in 10 weeks, starving myself, I got some good before and after photos. And at the time, that was when Twitter was a thing. So my, my main social media platform was Twitter. I still got 5,000 followers today. And this, they're steadily declining. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm still above it, I think. And um, the, I had a picture. And it was me with a, a lemon ice cream with a hairy chest and then my sister's boyfriend who's now a, a husband done some photography so I can remember going around to their house literally the day before in bin liners sweating out on a treadmill going I've got a photo shoot tomorrow I've got a photo shoot tomorrow I'm gonna I'm water loading I'm putting black <laughs> bin liners on I'm on, I'm in the college on a treadmill while there's students in the sports hall and I've got these black bin liners over my body with probably three jumpers on and five t-shirts. That's an exaggeration, but there was definitely black bin liners. And I turn up to uh, my sister's house and I've got, I've waxed, I think I waxed, I think that's the first time I waxed my chest because obviously I'm half Greek, so I'm a hairy individual. <laughs> I'm also Mediterranean, yeah. You, you're what, half Greek? I, I'm, I'm actually like all Mediterranean, Spanish, Italian, Greek, Portuguese. Bit of everything. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, so I've waxed my chest. I've also found out that uh, waxing is not a great idea because I end up looking like a plucked chicken for <laughs> days and weeks. Sunbeds, I think that was the first time I had a sunbed. Um, I didn't go down a fake tan option. I went down the, the real tan option. Look, the all-natural, non-natural <laughs> sunbed um, option. And I can remember taking baby oil and literally I must have done 400 push-ups, like just <laughs> pumping shit out of my chest and I'm baby oiling up. I've got this new tan. I've got a fresh haircut. Those photos I used later on when I launched my online coaching, I put them on my spreadsheets. 
top left corner. I was like, you want to see me topless on your spreadsheets? Because that is going to motivate you to, this is, this is some of the nonsense back in the day. So I've done my push-ups. I've got these photos. I submitted them for an online magazine. I had to vote. You had to vote who was the best fitness model. I've only gone and won, ain't I? I've only gone and won. So I can technically say I was on the, I don't think, I don't think I was, no, I've never been on the front cover of a magazine. I have actually, but I'm in a suit um, and it weren't, it was fitness related, but it wasn't men's health or men's fitness. I basically, that's when I'd done it before and after 10 weeks difference and lemon ice cream, hairy chest, baby old 400 pushups later, sunbed, wax chest, one on the left, one on the right. Always before, this is any tip you take away from this podcast. If you're doing a before and after photo, Please, 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 please do not put the before on the right-hand side. I'm a hairy Greek in one picture. I'm a hairy, typical hair. I can say fat Greek because I'm half Greek, so it's like I can get away with it. So I'm, the hairy, I'm the hairy fat Greek on the left, and then I'm the more English side of me. Now I've not got as much hair, and I've got that body fat. And I post this up on Twitter, and I post it up on Facebook, and then I just start getting bombarded by messages. People that I went to school with like 10 years ago, or like maybe at that time, seven, yeah, eight years ago. And on Twitter, and people were like, can you coach me? Can you coach me? Can you really? coach me? And I'm like, yeah, just okay. from that. I was thinking the opposite. Still- I thought this was this was going in the direction like, oh, I did all that effort and nobody cared. You, you actually oh, got no. a lot of interest from that. This is when like before, remember, we're talking 2010, 2011. Okay, I guess that all yeah, didn't like, really start to like... 2015, so, something like that. Yeah, so this is... Remember, when I started in this game, there weren't many people doing it. Yeah. Like, online coaching. Like, there was cookie-cutter plans. And pretty much, I could, at the time, I could probably count the online coaches on, like, two hands that were doing it when I, when I started doing it. I definitely weren't the first, but I was one of the first. And people just kept bombarding me with messages. And I'm like, messages. And I'm like, well, I can't train you in person person to speak properly but i do know that online coaching is a thing and most people even to to this day if you go to 100 people from the general general population and you said what is online coaching or online person training they would have no idea they go they they probably think we're beyond a skype call and you'll be going i want you to train now and i'm going to tell you what to do over skype or video calls so they get that all the time there are other ones out there I do not work for Skype. I'm not on a commission. And we are on Zoom today. Um, <laughs> so I remember going, hang on a minute. This is where I could, this is the first time I had a side hustle because I was getting paid my full-time salary, fairly decent at a young age. And then I put a post out on Facebook and Twitter and it says, I'm looking for 10 people to do my body transformation, eight-week program, for 100 pounds. And the reason why I weren't going to do it like for free or do a pilot or guinea pig project was well, I'm already getting paid a salary. I'm not doing it for free. I've been training people for a while, but I was new, new to this online thing. So it was at the time, the strength guys were one of the, those which were doing on the online coaching the proper way, not like actually customized to the individual. And I can remember signing up to the strength guys because I wanted to experience online coaching. And then I started online coaching 
and I had no systems. I had, it was, as I said, spreadsheets with grid lines and a photo of me. And basically anyone I took on, I pretty much created like a startup guide for them and I was writing it by hand. I had calculators. At this time, I know what macros are. Do you know what I mean? I'm setting macros. This is when I'm semi-bro. So I'm, I'm seeing the light. I'm seeing that I actually know shit and the stuff I do know is terrible. But I'm not fully there yet. I'm, I'm on my journey to be debroed. And um, so I start working with these 10 clients and I think seven out of the 10 were old school friends from my personal Facebook. I didn't have a Facebook page. I had a Twitter account, but I didn't have a Facebook page. And I used to do, I used to use hashtag fit tips and um, some of the nonsense, nonsense I posted on Twitter back in them days. Do you still have it or did you delete it? No, actually a few years ago or maybe a year or so ago, I sat down with Tom and who's the video crew at the time. And that was a video we did of like me reading out my old tweets. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it's definitely an experience. So there, like seven of the people that signed up and paid to the actual hundred pounds were people that already knew of me from school. And then the other three were probably from Twitter or a friend of someone. And I got some really good eight week body transformation, like really good, like, and this is the thing. I probably got the best results visually transformation wise on my first 10 clients because I told them you can't eat carbs for breakfast. <laughs> you can have carbs for dinner, but it's one portion. And I made it very much as in like, eat this, don't eat that. Here's some training. Um, and because it was an over restrictive diet and most of Probably I'd say out of the 10, I probably only had maybe five of them extended it because they got results, but there was no, uh, because it was such a restrictive approach, it, it, it got the results. But if I look back at those individual downs, if I go back and contact them, they'd probably put that weight on and more. Um, and also once you start getting those transformation pictures, you then go, actually, I've just, I've just made a, I've just made a thousand pounds and I'm, I can, do this while I'm working at a college because I've got lunch breaks. I can do it during the day. I can do my little tweets on my fit tips. And then 10 people then ended up just expanding, expanding. And then it was, then the prices went up. And then it, I, then my body trans went to total transformation because again, I'm getting less bro. So I'm like, it's not just body, it's a total transformation. And then, you, then, then I got to that point where I was like, actually, I just saved 16 to 17,000 pounds in the nine months prior to my son coming into this world. And that was when I was like, this has got a bit of legs, but this could be, this could be a business. Do you want me to shut up now? Cause I've just, just the journeys like I'm just going through. No, actually I, you're, you're going through the, the outline. You're, you're, you're making some good progress here. I'm not even asking you the question. So this is perfect. <laughs> And it's sort of, I'm, I'm going through it and I'm trying to give some little bits and pieces here and there. But no, it's good because I, I want to know about like your, your journey and like your business and everything. So this is, this is good. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, um, I started, um, uh, I became aware of Alan Aragon's research review. So I subscribed to it and I was like, Oh, and another guy called Joseph will go. And Joe at the time was just calling everyone out. Like all of the people that I was following, he's calling like bullshit on it. Went on his website 
and I had questions and I paid him money for a Skype consultation. And I basically had, is there any f- research that shows that body type, like body type nutrition, like somatotypes is a thing? And he's like, no. What about wheat belly? Bullshit. <laughs> what about this? Bullshit. And he, he actually was giving me studies and stuff to back it up where a lot of these other people were just using their marketing prowess to go to make money. Do you know what I mean? Just spat any nonsense and nonsense that was more marketable and more um, appealed to more people. It's like sensationalizing the information, even though it's factually incorrect. It's it's even worse today. That's that's that describes almost all of Instagram. Yeah, because you can look at it as there's better education today. Like there's more like at obviously personal trainer collective and there's other companies out there. But then I think now social media is a, a much bigger thing and you've got these Instagram influencers. So it by sort of social media blowing up, it basically gave a lot more idiots a voice. The Where in the older days, they also, didn't have a voice. Yeah, and the, the authority is also given to them by, by business coaches because I've, I've been in a couple um, – in a couple of programs when I first started it and it was um, like these business coaches who were saying like, they're just, they, they only know is sales and marketing. They're not fitness professionals at all. So they're, they're like, yeah, yeah, you don't need an education. You don't need a certification. It's just a piece of paper. You don't need, they're, they're listing all these things that you don't need and just saying like, yeah, take the clients and tell them that you know what you're talking about. Essentially, you don't know what you're talking about, but just tell them you do. And my thing is you can only sell shit once. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I it, because there, I see these these Instagrammers. They uh, they've been called out a thousand times. They've scandals have come out, and they're still selling. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like when you say you probably can only sell shit once to an individual, twice if they're, they're an idiot, right? Three times if there's something wrong with them. <laughs> but their their whole thing is they don't they they're very transactional. They're not client based. Right. They don't, that's true. There's just like I'm just going to find the next idiot to buy my guide. Like, oh, my guide is crap, or my one-to-one coaching is crap, or my group coaching is crap. But at the end of the day, marketing will always win of getting them in. But actually, having a quality product and service will keep them. And that's when you've got a business, a long-term business. That's the, the other people just go, oh, I put out Instagram images of me with my top off or my bum showing um and that gets me followers and then the thing as well is you, you might have followers and you might you might influence people to tap a button to follow you but then there's for me an influencer is someone who has the ability to influence someone to buy not someone to just follow because there's a massive difference like we can't pay bills we can't pay our Wi-Fi bills, our mortgage, buy our food with Instagram likes, even though some Instagrammers do actually contact hotels or restaurants and be like, I've got 1.5 million followers. Give me a free email and I'll tag you in it. Like they do that shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, that is, that is 2020 online prostitution. It is, but you know, like the the brands are not smart either. Like they they buy into these things because they see the numbers. But I remember when you first started, you didn't have 
really any a, a huge following at all like when i when i was a student in the sbs academy like you guys didn't have that many followers now it's blown up it's like over wasn't it almost 200k or something i were on 112,000 on instagram but still though, youtube's 28 so collectively yeah. it's probably 200,000 yeah which is ridiculous so i i didn't even like the fact that it was first of all the fact that it was called shredded by science academy was cool already i, I liked i liked the name but but you guys obviously knew what you're talking about and you had social proof you had like your your clients um you know like you had i think jeff nipper actually you know what maybe i maybe i heard about you guys from jeff nipper so you had like him talking about it you had like eric helms you had all these all these guys who are huge in the evidence-based community so like the following didn't matter to me it was more like okay these guys know what they're talking about we had the right influencers and i didn't even know they were influencers like at the time it those it weren't really given a name like back in them days it was when it, when i look back it was yeah so <clears throat> going back to the story of then taking on clients i was like actually i'm gonna start um i'm gonna bring on another coach underneath me because i've got a limit of how many people i can do personalized one-to-one coaching with so i took on another guy danny um, and it was still Luke Johnson PT at the time. But then what I learned with online coaching is this is the thing is that evolution of creating those systems and really working out who does well for online coaching and who doesn't. And the best example I can give is I had a mum and a son. The son was in university. He loved to track. He was always on his phone. He was motivated to go to the gym. He was, he was perfect. He was my perfect client. His mum, on the other hand, she's been on every single weight loss yo-yo diet. She's been on this weight loss club. She's tried this supplement, that supplement, this magic pill. And I was obviously, I my coaching process was different for for them. But the work I had to the the differences were so vast that with Josh at the time, he it might have taken me it might have been like thirty minutes to an hour per week. Whereas mum, that could have been per day. Do you know what I mean? I had to change my systems to do that. And I was like, for this to be a scalable business, I, I need to um, pick a target audience, provide valuable content just to them. And this was a time when I was like, I was looking at training and nutrition. I got really involved with science-based stuff. And I was reading research papers, even though I had a sports science degree. I didn't know how to read a science, science, scientific study and papers like that. I was like Googling, what does SD stand for? What does the, this effect size, what significant difference mean? I'm like, I'm reading this shit and I'm like, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm learning as I'm going. Like, I wasn't taught this in my degree. Well, you learn that um, shit in one, in one class though. Like you, you memorize it all and then you forget about it. I had the same thing. And even in my, cause I, I double majored. I did exercise science and nutrition in my nutrition yeah. uh, classes. We were still learning things like, um, like don't use, uh, like d- don't eat eggs because they're, they're bad for you. The cholesterol's bad. Like we were still, we were learning that in USDA. I mean, it's the USDA that regulates all the curriculum. So obviously they're outdated. They're still stuck in the nineties, but it does, doesn't necessarily just because you went to school for something doesn't necessarily mean that you know the right thing. So that's why, like you said, you have to read the research because it's, that's the most current. There's, you can't get in, the information anywhere else. Yeah. So at that point I was, 
we reached, so we had, to, I was the first guy to bring over Alan Aragon, Brad Schoenfeld and Eric Helms to the UK to do conferences and seminars. And the first conference I did with Alan, I think we, I done it with Joe Agu, the guy I mentioned before, we teamed up and Danny was my, working for me as a coach. And I think we made like 28, 29,000 pounds and about 19,000 pound profit for a weekend. And I was like, wow. oh, this, that's, that's, that's like my salary, like <laughs> near <laughs> enough. Um, so then I had Brad Schoenfeld come over and that was a seminar. So basically once I had Alan on board, I was like, Hey, I'm the guy who got Alan to agree to come over to the UK. And I just basically looked at who he was collaborating with because they, they collaborate on studies together. They collaborate on blog posts or articles. And then it was at Eric Helms as well. So it's like, Hey, I was the guy to get Alan Pratt and Eric, would you come over? So at the time we bought the domain name shredded by science. And that was going to be the domain just to host Eric's seminar. The, the seminar was going to call it shredded by science. And at the time going back to Josh and, and Debbie, I was like, I need to work with mouse predominantly online. I love coaching women in person. Uh, I found from my experience coaching females online, one-to-one this is, not like group coaching or memberships and stuff like that. I personally got better results with males. I found that it required less of my time and I could really create the systems that would appeal to a young male who wanted to get shredded to basically get sex. That was my target audience at the time. So the shredded would appeal like to a younger male audience, they would know what the word shredded meant in that context. And that by science was to repel idiots. Yeah, because science repels so, idiots. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, shredded by science. So I can remember at the time, I'm like, I've come up with this. So that was a time when I was like, I need to, I'm now making that money. And at the time I was going to go to working part-time at the college. And then I was like, fuck this. I've got enough money coming in these seminars and conferences and now my online coaching if I don't have 40 hours per week of teaching kids that, and students that don't even want to be there for the most part to actually then coaching people online living a dream I can go I can work anywhere in the world I can go and teach coach people on the beach and I can do this and like you can do that if you want it's just really hard when there's no mains on the beach that's the, that's the best part though. Like the, everyone with an online business is like, Oh, you can work from anywhere. You can work from the beach. But then I actually did do that in Mexico. I, I was like working at a beach, uh, a beach club. It's not fun. You're, you're on your yeah. computer. Like while everybody's having fun on the beach, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah. You're just watching everyone just drinking cocktails yeah. <laughs> with terrible wifi. Terrible. It's like, damn it. I'm like, I can't, can't open my documents. No, I've I was basically beautiful G sheets and. Dropbox, Microsoft Excel spreadsheets, and I can't access them. It takes a hundred years so, to download anything. You may as well not have internet at all. <laughs> yeah. And then now because you're an online coach and you've got over delivery, you've got to do weekly check-in videos because everyone needs a video. Everybody. Every single week going, good job. Well done. <laughs> you tracked your macros. Your body weight's gone down and you're looking, yeah, perfect. Upload. Oh crap. I'm on the beach. I've got crap in and I can't upload can't do it. it. Yeah. Um, so I can remember. I've already made my mind up. This, these are the, I wanted to target young males who wanted to get lean and like to track and were motivated to train. And they had decent nutrition and training knowledge. Like they knew how to squat, 
bench and deadlift because again it's online you can get people to send in videos and give them some feedback but if someone's a rank like newbie starting off in their journey and they're like well they don't know the difference between protein carbs or fat they don't know the difference between a barbell and a dumbbell i was like that's they're the type of people that are going to take a lot more energy ask a lot more questions and i till this day i'm like one-to-one online coaching is not suited for beginners i'm going to say that or people that just don't like tracking or technology because an online coach you're you're you need data to make good decisions because you don't have that in-person element to them where you're actually training someone to actually go, oh, you're performing really well. Like you're not seeing them train. You're not seeing them eat. You, you're based, all you've got is the data that you're collecting. So I'm really, I've, and I'm trying to come up with this name and I'm going, what should I call this business? I know who the target audience is. And I think at the time we were going to be called Ripped by Research. But, um, I don't really pronounce my R's that well, especially if I speak really quickly. So I'm like, hell no, I cannot, because it'd be like whipped by research <laughs> if I say it, if I say it really quickly, really quickly. And um, I'm outside McDonald's. The girlfriend's just gone in there. I'm gone. All right, we've got Helmsy, Eric Helms, Doctor Eric Helms. I call him Helmsy. <laughs> um, we've got him coming over. And we've already got the name shredded by science and that sounds really good. And I think that target audience. So I spoke to Joe again and I was like, Joe, you bought the domain, but can you transfer it to me? Cause I want to call the business shredded by science. You call with that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then that was when uh, we basically had influencer marketing without knowing it was influence. So it pretty much was shredded by science. The new company is bringing over Eric Helms to do a seminar. And we just, we just sort of blew up real quick because we, Helmsy had a good following and he had the following that people knew that he was shredded as in bodybuilding and he had multiple master's degrees at the time. Um, and I don't know if he was an active researcher, but he was associated with being scientific based. So we basically had that association because Eric was coming over and we was collaborating Everyone just was like, these guys must know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> and we we started off on Facebook and we we used to post. So that's when I took, then there was free coaches. So we went for free coaches. And we used to, part of their thing as coaches was each week they'd have to create a Facebook post. And we used to create posts and we used to actually put references in, in the comment section. You can't put links in, even back in them days. We're talking 2013 here. You can't put links in the actual post on Facebook because the algorithm's not going to like Kills you them. because they don't want you to go away from their platform. Yeah. So we used to go, see the first comment for the references. We used to create content on Facebook with references. And even our Instagram, it's changing a little bit now because our target audience is changing. But like our content, like most people go, Instagram's for nice imagery. And like, no, we're just putting that science base. We're reviewing studies here and we're growing a following and like a really specific target audience. So yeah, come up with the name Shredded by Science. Online coaching went from three coaches to 12 coaches. We done one-to-one. We done group coaching. We done shredication. Would you remember shredication? Back I remember in the day? that. Yeah, I still have some of the archives. I, I downloaded everything and I put it in a, in a folder. <laughs> Nice, yeah. So we, so for me, 
it, and that's why I'm, I'm re- releasing my online coaching blueprint course because I've been doing it since 2012 and we've done one-to-one, we've done group coaching, we've done membership sites with Shredication. At one point, we probably had a thousand members paying four ninety nine a month from Shredication. Um, and then we tried the guides. So I realized that I was making coaches money and I wasn't really making myself money because Shredded by Science, obviously now Personal Training Collective, I'm just the, I'm the only company director, founder, CEO, whatever you want to call it. And at the time it was a percentage split. So it'd be like the coaches get this, like basically we're using the Shredded by Science brand and the systems that I've worked on over years and years and fine tuning it. And then, cause a lot of personal trainers, uh, don't want to learn about marketing, are crap at marketing and definitely don't like sales. So my thing was, that was when I knew when I launched shredded by science, I need to stop looking at research papers and I need to start looking at marketing, social media, email marketing. And that's the thing where when you start off and I miss those days because you ain't got a clue about branding. You haven't got a clue about anything. You're just going, how can I create a WordPress website? You literally start off creating everything. And I think it's an important part as a business owner or entrepreneur to actually do that. And even to this day, like I will, even though it's now a bigger scalable business and now I have pay a lead designer, I have a videographer, I have a course advisor who does sales calls. We have a student support officer. Um, we have a software guy. We have another guy for the website, brochure site. So you build this team. But when you start off, the one thing you probably don't have is a lot of money. And what you do, the only currency you have is time. And you learn a lot from YouTube, from, I've bought courses from like Creative Live, Udemy, Lynda.com. And I, I, I think it's important that every business owner does that. Because, I mean, you could start a business and you've got a load of money and you can just hire the people, but then you don't truly understand someone's job role and what needs to be done. And I like to be able to talk about software and someone talk about coding and I'll be able to, I'm not saying I'm going to have a full-blown conversation, but I need to know it at least a little bit about that so I feel like I can know that I'm not getting fucked over. Yeah. <laughs> And that I can have that conversation. And these are skills that I'm looking to develop with my son and my daughter. Like I, we went to the Apple store and we was doing coding, like Sphero the robot. And we're doing stuff and we're, we're learning that stuff. And that's why I think one of my biggest sort of drives now is, and the reason why I transitioned from just coaching people how to get shredded was one, because I was like, my coaches are getting paid. I'm VAT registered now. So they're taking 20% of just total revenue. They don't care if there's profit or not. And then my coaches are getting 70%, 60% basically. It was like on a scale. So when I first took on the first coach, he was on 75%. And then the second coach I took on was on 70%. And then the other lot were on a 60 up to 75%. It's based on how many clients you had. If you had less than five clients, 60%. If you have six to 10 then it was maybe like 62.5 or 65%. So I'm learning as I'm going. I'm learning shit. I'm giving away too much. I'm not getting as much money. I'm charging 100 pounds, 150 
£50 per month or whatever it was. And I'm only getting £15, £20 per plank. And I was like, and this is where I think you need to know your numbers as well. Because I sat down and I was honest with myself and I was like, if I carry on with this business model, how many coaches would I need? Or how many clients would we need? And how many coaches would I need to bring in what I want to bring in? Um, we already cracked like six figures within the first year, but that was because we had the conferences and seminars. That was the bulk of it. I, I then had an clients myself, but then you'll, you'll go through that transition phase where you, when you're a one man band and you're doing online coaching or PT, you're just getting paid for your time. And there's that period of when you transition to then try and have a business, you've got that awkwardness where I think a lot of, personal trainers or anyone that's more of a technician or a specialist who actually delivers a service is then trying to create a, a business, a scalable business and have other people work for you or you sell a different services that you're so used to living on this amount of money that when you have a business and you then start having more outgoings and now you're paying other people and you're giving the work away that you, you've got your 30, 40 clients now, Coach A's got 15, Coach B's got 10, Coach C's got 12, and you're getting a small bit of that pie. There's that thing where there's, is as soon as you can transition away from you not getting paid for your time and the business bringing in enough revenue for you to basically live on the bare minimum that you want to live on and this lifestyle you want, the quicker you can do that, the better it's going to be for your business and for your business to scale faster, but also survive. Um, so that's when I was, I went through it and I was like, shit, I need to, that's, that's why I said it's about circles. So then you think I was already become a person trainer. I'm coaching people. I then start working in a college and now I'm training other people to become trainers. But I, I'm being, t- my hands are tied. It's like what you said. I've got to teach the curriculum that's set by the government, the national occupational standards that is then filtered down to the warden body that then's filtered down to the college, which says you need to say you're female. Therefore you have 2000 calories a day. You have to have 55% carbs. You have to have, do you know what I mean? Like there's no, it's stuff that was probably published 20 years ago. Well, at least, and, and it's it's not working is the thing. Like we don't, we know that it's not working, and yet it's still being taught. Like the the, the textbook that I was that I bought for my nutrition class was three hundred dollars, and it was published. I don't even know how. Actually, no, I think it was it was even new. But like this, if you look in the back, like the the references were like were old references. Yeah, it's like version five. Yeah, but there's a couple still words got changed. Content that's thirty years out of date and. And um, not that it's not. And again, it's like we all we all can agree that it's not, one size doesn't fit all. But then you try and teach it in an approach that one size fits all. And so, a lot of that stuff is taken out of context. Like there's one study in there, and it's it's not even a good study, and it's bring, being preached to the yeah, general population. Yeah. And like you, then you look at that reference. You actually go through the the paper, and you go, "That one, what their findings were? Where the hell did they get that from?" No. Like that was a subject size of this or that. That study was in rodents. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't exactly. coach rodents. Eric come over in 2014 and done this seminar. Like I remember we was driving to Bath and it was like a three hours, three hour drive. <laughs> we had a conversation. She had like, I'm fanboying here, John. I was like, fucking Eric Helms. 
And I said to Eric in the car, if I ever have the stupid idea or the idea of doing a bodybuilding competition, I want you to coach me. And lo and behold, like three years later, I actually done a nine month prep and a natural bodybuilding competition. I remember that. <laughs> but at the time it was, I, I wanted to coach. I felt like I had the knowledge, but I was like, I can get people. I've got people really lean, but we're talking probably high, maybe like high single digit body fat. Like they look good on the beach, like shredded, shredded. But I'd never coach someone to be on stage as a, a physique athlete or bodybuilder. And I can remember a guy who had been following us and I took on my first sort of bodybuilding client and I was like nervous about it. So I'm going, I've never, I mean, I don't know. I've never stepped on stage. I don't know what these mandatory poses are and how they're judged and all of this stuff. I've got people lean, but I've not got people stage lean who are going to then get on stage and like, I can't coach you in bodybuilding posing because I've never done one in my life. Like that is, that is a skill. That is an art in itself. Um, so that's when I looked at it and I, uh, I think you can do two things in life. You can be a, a moany little bitch and say, Ash, things are crap. Or you can go, actually, I can do something about that. And this is what's currently out there. I'm going to create a better alternative. And that's when I sat down and most things are like, scratch your own niche you hear all the time it's like oh you had this problem so you research it and then you created this wonderful product that um was the solution for it or you created something that was a better alternative and at the time i remember when i was teaching at college i'd be like it's 2000 calories for your exam but it's nonsense learn this you know it just didn't sit well and that was one of the reasons why i left as well i didn't want to be teaching stuff i'm now not a bro anymore i know now that the standards are not what i should be teaching and that it's not going to help those individuals and 90% of personal trainers fail within the year. And I'm like, that's because the shit they're being taught is a load of rubbish. And it they, doesn't talk they don't about believe business. It doesn't talk about yeah. marketing. It doesn't talk about being able to communicate with people and having systems and stuff like that. They, it doesn't teach you that. It teaches you about anatomy and physiology. And this is a chest press. And this is name it, name the area, name state the area, do a silent demonstration, instruct and teach. That's the crap that they teach you. And no wonder 90% of the trainers fail. So at that point, I was like, I'm a guy who's going to, I'm going to create the personal trainer qualification you wish you had, but you never had the goddamn opportunity to actually do it. And hence, SBS Academy was born. And what I did is I looked at a successful journey of a personal trainer. And it tends to go like this. You start off when you when you first start off as a trainer. You will train anyone at any time if they were willing to pay you. And I'm like, and I still say to my advice today would be like, train as many types of people as you possibly can. Because I remember when I got into personal training, I was like, I want to coach athletes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to coach <laughs> athletes because they're serious. And I don't want to coach overweight women or overweight men who don't know the difference between a bicep curl and a tricep extension. And then lo and behold, you're like, well, there's not many jobs to coach athletes. No, because they're the 1%. <laughs> yeah. And there's not many yeah, elite level athletes. And you just don't know. You might, you're, you're going into a business, you're going into an industry and a job that you don't really know. Like you're being chucked into the deep end. You might think you want to work with athletes and then you start working with athletes and then you realize that actually they don't really give a crap about nutrition or their training because they're genetic freaks. 
they've never done it before and they got to this part without giving a crap about strength and conditioning or their nutrition. I, I run 100 metres. Why do I need to know about nutrition? Yeah, the I know ego about there. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but do you also know that if you lost another two kilograms, how much of that impact it would have in your 100 metres sprint time? So I looked at module one was general population like how can you master coaching general population clients the majority of what most personal trainers will coach and we looked at training we looked at nutrition we looked at programming we looked at upper body lower body progressions progressions it wasn't none of this oh here's a chest press here's how you use it like we actually looked at we looked at programming for different types of goals that they wanted to achieve we looked at barriers we looked at the consultation process and then I think I think what most people do is they start a flight, then they tend to specialise in one area. So again, it was like, I really want to be able to coach bodybuilders. I'm not confident in doing so. So I ring up Helms and I go, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I want to create, I want to transition away from online coaching and I want to try, I want to create an online PT course. You ain't going to get, it's not going to make you a qualified trainer. The government, like in America or the UK, whatever country, you're not going to be reckoned, like you can't do the qualification because it's all online and then go and train people because you're going to need a nationally recognised, I'm doing that, they can't see me, <laughs> a nationally recognised qualification that all of the employers are asking for. Do you know what I mean? To get insurance, you need this level three in the UK, you need a level three qualification in personal training to be able to be a personal trainer, to get insurance and for the main big chain gyms to give you a job. And my thing was, well, I was plan- I was creating it for those that already had level two, level three. So it was, you've got that, but now you've got the real qualification. Now you've got stuff that you're actually going to learn, the real shit, the stuff that's backed by science and taught by industry experts, Dr. Eric Helms, Dr. Mike Zerdos. So I, I messaged, I messaged uh, Helms and we jumped on Skype and I said, I'm going to give you this. I want you to create a module, like a mini course, that takes a personal trainer, if you're already qualified, we know they've got the bare minimum, we know they know what a pectoralis major is, <laughs> well done, and where an origin surgeon is, and now you know the, the planes of movement. And I want you to take me, think of me, and I want you to go create a course that's going to give me the knowledge, but more importantly, the confidence to start working with bodybuilders. And then I went to Dr. Zudos and I said, Mike, I want you to create a course that I'm already a qualified person trainer, but now I want to coach powerlifters. Take me from step A. So Eric was from like, take me through the whole journey. Basically, give me all of the knowledge all of the experience you've gained from coaching hundreds of natural bodybuilders and Zerdos for coaching world record holder, world champion powerlifters, give me that course. Take me from A to Z. I want to know everything. And then it was, it was like, right, we've got that. And module four was setting up a fitness business where we're looking at more marketing. We're looking at social media. We're looking at online coaching. And that was where, what I was teaching because at that time, I probably spent the last two for uh, probably three years of like really go looking into marketing. And I, I do want to say that in any industry, 
there's always going to be the good guys and there's always going to be the bad guys. And like there's bro science, there was also bro marketing. So I was like, that is just because you can easily fall into trap. Like you, that's not your subject specialist. You don't know. Like you're just going by the that person come up first on Google or YouTube when I typed in how to email market and then a lot of the stuff again is that what I found was a lot of stuff was out of date um, and very pro marketing like go to a typical sales page I'm like we've been our name is shredded by science the content we put out is very science based that means they're skeptical if I start using these marketing tactics with the target audience we've accrued over those years it's going to be off brand like they're going to look right through it and it's not going to work. Like with fitness, there's principles like specificity, progressive overload. And it's the same with, with marketing, like the principles, the principles, the tactics you use will always change. In the old days, it would be radio and now it's a podcast. Yeah. In the old days, it would be a, a banner on a website and now it's a Facebook ad. Um, so the, the, the principles will stay the same it's just trying to create the tactics that we were going to use and then the tactics is right we're going to go at this angle we're going to do that or we're going to use snapchat we're going to use facebook we're going to use instagram like what's popping what's our target audience where do they spend their time what what type of content do they like is it video is it written content is it a podcast is it this is it that and um that's when I created module four. So I was like, I've been ingrained in this stuff for the last three years. And it was like, I'm going to teach you from someone who's been in the industry, who's learned all of this stuff and sort of, I've dismissed all of the bro marketing and this is what I want to give back. So that's when we launched in September, 2015, we launched. That's when I had a business. That's when 109 people paid on, at the time, it was £899, or it was £99 over 12 months. And that was when, shredded by science, me as the business owner, that's when I had a substantial a business that brought in six figures, and I pretty much had most of that money. It wasn't I had to give 70% or 60% or 72% to coaches, it was all mine and it was, it wasn't 115. It, the price per month was a lot less, but now my target audience is changing. So I think as a business, you've always got to be evolving. Like you've always got to be moving with the times and you, there's only one consistent thing in business and in life. And that's change. Like you consistently will have to change. You're, You're always learning, evolve and adapt. And then, the second intake we had, so we, we when we had the SBS Academy, we we then had um, two intakes per year, and it was Feb twenty eighth and August twenty eighth, and pretty much our marketing was we're just going to give you free shit for five months, and then one month out, I'm going to retarget our super fans and go join our email list. You ain't going to get this lead magnet. You're not going to get that. You're just going to get notified and you'll get it at a cheaper price than early bird price and that was pretty much it our marketing strategy was very much give 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 don't ask for anything get people on the email list email market to them send them a link on that day and then boom 
109 people in the first one, 81 in the second one. And the reason why there's 81 in the second one, Adam, is because of me. <laughs> because I went into that second launch with the mindset of, fuck, I've got 109 less people going to sign up now for this. So I no, I didn't set a goal. And at the day of recording this podcast, I just had an article on LinkedIn. It was like, do personal trainers need a business coach? And I refer to it like, we spend so much time on sitting down, getting to know our client. We set them smart goals. We set them a training plan and nutrition strategy for them to achieve their goals. We don't do that for our business. Right. Do you know what I mean? We don't set smart goals for our business. We, we don't track the metrics. We don't see how many people have I provided value to today? How many consultations have I had this week? How many clients have I currently got? How, where, how did I get them? To, how did they hear about me? Um, were they a referral? What, what social media platforms did they follow me on? That's the only thing that has worked for me so far because I think that um, you're saying like uh, like we don't do that with our business because I, I, I think that that it's coming out of desperation. Like you're trying to make this online thing work and you're like, okay, I need money. I'm going to work with every, I'm going to appeal to everyone and, and I'm going to take anyone that wants to pay me. But that doesn't actually happen. When I was doing stuff like that, like I was, I was taking, I was identifying my competition because again, the business coaches, this is all they know how to, to teach. Uh, I was identifying my competition and just kind of like doing what they were doing. But you know, there's already, there's already an Eric Helms or there's already a, like, you know, like there's, there's already all these people. So people follow them because they're them. And, and you need to figure out what you do and what you, why people should, should, should pay you. And who's your target audience? It's basically, so it used to be your target audience. I think everyone kind of starts out like that. They, it was like who I wanted to be at the time. It was like the shredded competent, like guy who wants to just be, wants to compete, like wants to have the abs. But I realized that that's not even, First of all, what I wanted, and then it's not even, it's not what I was or have ever been. So I think now it's just, um, the guy that I started out as. He wants to get like, you know, strong, lean, um, and like know a little bit of information that's not the bullshit that we're reading in these, um, on these blogs and stuff. So, um, like just a young guy wants to get lean and, and strong. Like people spend time online. People are always on their phone. So, if you don't, you don't, no one has to do anything, but I'm saying you need brand awareness. If you're, if you're not on the gym floor, if you're not talking to people, if you're not putting on workshops, if you're not doing seminars and you're not providing value and being seen by your target audience, whether that's on the gym floor, whether that's on, on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever platform it is that your target audience spends most of their time. If you, if they don't know who the hell they are, how the hell are they going to hire you as a coach? So one brand awareness, you can, and you can get that anywhere you want. Then you need to get them to provide value to that individual. And the reason why I say about you have to have a specific target audience for online coaching is especially if I was on the gym floor, I can go and talk to you on the gym floor and I go, your ma, your, how old are you, Adam? Like late twenties, mid twenties. I, I just turned 29. There we go. See, so I go. Okay, this guy's not an eighteen-year-old. He's probably into certain things. I, I can look at what you're wearing. I, I can get that judgment. I can see what car you pull up in. I can gather all of that information. That's stuff I used to do. I used to be by the window and I'd be like, "Who's driving that car?" I'm speaking to that person. <laughs> like that's the thing. But and then I could go and speak to 
Shirley, who's 68 years of age, retired and talk about grandkids. And I could be talking to you about, you might be interested in cars. I can do that on the gym floor because I'm having a one-to-one communication with you. But if I start posting on Instagram and I'm putting that content that's going to appeal to you on the Monday, surely ain't even on Instagram. So I don't know who the hell why I'm putting that content about doing exercise or being more active with your kids or how to improve, add extra years to your life because she's probably not even going to be on that platform. Well, you're also, you, if you don't know who you're talking to, you're, you're, you're telling a, a 21 year old how to add years to your life and, and how to be there yeah. for your kids. And, and they're not interested. Work. They're just like, I just want to get shredded, mate. Cause I'm going to Ibiza. Yeah. And you will never grow a following because you're so um, mismatch with your content one day they go oh this was a really good post I'm going to follow you and then the next day your post is about something else to a different target audience like unfollow so you're never going to grow a following and even more so you're never going to provide enough value for someone to go I'm picking you as a coach rather than this other person so it's being consistent online you have to have one target audience for per account and you have to think about who is my customer? Who is my client avatar? What's their age? Give them a name. Find out what they like, what they dislike. Then what questions? And then continue provide, 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 provide. Whether that's through an Instagram, whether that's through LinkedIn, whether that's in video or written format, whether it's a combination of both. You need to do that. So brand awareness, provide value, and then you need to actually have something—a solution. You need to give them something, something where you can actually get paid. Whether that's one-to-one coaching, whether it's group coaching, whether it's in person, whether it's a guide, whether it's something else, whether it's an app or a product, again, it's got to be something that's going to provide a solution to that person's goals, needs, or wants. And I'm not, I'm, I don't like the tactic of find the pain points, really <laughs> just dig in the pain points. I'm like, fuck off! Like it's so old. Like people know when you're doing it still that. Works. Though. It probably does still work if we're being honest, but it's like. Get brand awareness, don't care how you do it, whether you're on the gym floor or you're online. Provide value to a specific target audience over and over again and then give them a solution. And that's what your solution is, something you get paid to do. That's when you've got a business. And I don't care whether what tactics you use and how you do that, but they're the principles, follow the principles and just use. And what works now in 2020 Guarantee's not going to work in 2025. Pretty won't even work in 2022. As in that social media platform, might go under. Yeah, might go like LinkedIn, LinkedIn, that, the reason why everyone's going on LinkedIn now, because you see, Gary Vee's talking about LinkedIn. LinkedIn's not been fucked by marketers yet. It will be though. Like, it, I, I give it two years. And then it'd be something max. else. Yeah. It'd well, be clicked in. Clicked in. <laughs> well, now it's, it's TikTok. Like TikTok's already TikTok's already getting ruined by ads and and all that stuff too. So yeah, it's it's only a matter. That's of the time. thing. What we got to remember is they're a business. So yeah. Their whole their whole business is predicated on getting as many users as possible. We're not going to give you any ads, so we don't piss you off. So we get more and more users, more and more people coming back to the app every single day and do these cool little features. But they're a business, and they've ba- they've basically grown to have. VCs and Series A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all of these funding, all these investors. Then the shareholders will start going, oh, hang on a minute. I've given you £20 million or £100 million. When are we actually going to start getting our return of investment? 
what do they do? Marketers look at how many people, they look at how engaged they are, and then they start paying for attention. And then that's when people go, oh, it's not the same. Facebook, when I used to post on Facebook, I only had a thousand, I only had a thousand followers and it would reach 1200 people. And now I post with 20,000 and it reaches 300 people. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> like things start off really nice and organic when they're new and fresh. But as a company gets more mature and more money has been invested in that company and there's more people you've got to please, you've then got to go, fuck, now I've got to monetize. How am I going to monetize? And if there's a lot of users and a lot of eyes and a lot of ears within your app or wherever it is, then the the most sense makes to actually get companies to pay you money so they can have their products and their videos and their ads in front of the people that potentially would buy. And then, so LinkedIn's good at the moment because it doesn't affect organic reach. Um, and people just, people in the industry like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff like that are say, using it and they're seeing good results. But give it another two years. Might, might be t- two, three years and it, it probably... Oh, LinkedIn's not the same as it was before. Yeah. My my podcast is called The Fittest Guy in the Office, but it's it's not just fitness, it's it's business, it's uh your everyday life as well. So I I'm mm-hmm. glad that you went into that. Um I want to just talk a bit about about fitness like in your life and and kind of in you've had a lot of clients, you've coached, well, you've you've had a lot of students uh like 1000 plus I, I guess students, um but you've coached online as well. Everyone's perpetually busy. And what would you say about uh, someone who doesn't have time and someone who's busy and using those things as an excuse? How would you, first of all, tell them that that's not a real issue? And second, how would you pro- how, how would you deal with programming for people like that? Yeah, I'd probably say it is an issue. And it's like, rather than say it isn't an issue, I'll just go, look, it's just being able to relate to them. I've been there that I know. I don't have to tell you this. We know there's 24 hours in a day. We know there's seven days in a week and we know there's 365 in a year. Like everyone knows that. You don't have to spell it out to a client as in we all got the same. I know, idiot. I know there's 24 hours in a day. So I think it just comes down to what's a priority in their life. And you'll go through stages where fitness might be a priority and then other times it isn't. Like I don't, I don't think you should, um, I don't think you should kick yourself if you really are going through a stage of your life where you can't get to the gym as regular. You just need to be honest with yourself and you need to adapt. Like you need to adapt. And then um, ambivalence is when I think if I'm using a red word, is when you want this, but your actions are doing the opposite. So it's going like, okay, how much do you want this? So for me, when I wanted to do the bodybuilding show, that was a big commitment because I, documented that journey i was filmed the whole nine months and it kept me accountable so every individual person is different for me i needed that external goal and that motivation to really attack it so i think it's you've got to find out what that individual is and then having that conversation with saying you want to achieve this but for you to achieve that this is realistically what you're going to need to do to achieve that are you willing to train four times a week? Are you willing to be in a large caloric deficit? Are you willing 
to make sure that you are consistent. Are you willing to stop going out on the weekend or when you do go out on the weekend to make some changes? And if the answer is no, then it's like, sorry, well, you ain't like, the, you are not going to achieve that result or your expectations just need to be a little bit less and the duration for you to achieve that is going to be longer. Are you okay with that? Cool. And then it then needs to be, especially if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, you need to have structure in your day because it's really easy when you, when you work for someone and they're dictating to you, you start at this time, you finish at that time. I think you just need to try and make time or create a plan or a strategy that you know you can. It's even asking the question. So it could be like, Adam, with your current workload and life and stuff like that and things going in your life, can you consistently, how many times a week can you consistently train? And you say, right, I can train three times a week. Okay, cool. Out of a scale of one to 10 being like 10, I can guarantee without fail, I will consistently be able to train three times a week for the foreseeable future. Where, where you at? If they're saying like a six or a five, then you're like, okay. Is it a problem of getting to the gym or is it you, could we then, could you commit to, because they might be thinking I need to be in the gym for an hour or two. So then the other question would be, how long can you commit to per day? Or per like, out of those three, can you do 30 minutes? Yeah. So it's, it's having that conversation. It could be, actually, I could do five times a day. I just can do 30 minutes before work. That's fine. I can do that. All right, perfect. Or it'd be, oh, I'd rather do three times a week for an hour. And then again, it's just adjusting to that individual and having that open communication and letting them know that sometimes life happens and sometimes we need to adjust. And if we don't go to the gym or we do overeat or we do get off track with our nutrition, it is not the end of the world. Like one day, one meal is not going to give you abs or not going to take them away. You're, you are what you are. It's, it's, so it's, it's trying to, I've definitely been a coach where I've never told a client off in my life. No. And I think it's being able to have that communication and really to get to know that client and set good expectations and good goals and coach them in a way that's going to get the best results for them. So as we said, there's no one size fits all. It's letting them, letting them know that we will adapt and it could be like, you want to go on holiday, you got a lads or you got a wedding coming up, let's increase it. Let them know that it's, it's not a three days or no days a week. It's a three or four or two. And you just adapt with it and you have that open communication. You're tracking and you just say, if you want to achieve this, this is what, Think sacrifices you're going to need to make. If you don't, if you want halfway there, then you you can. There's less sacrifices. As simple as that. So, what would you say, like uh, someone who has only two days a week or three days, three days max? How would you structure that? Um, say maybe thirty minutes, thirty minutes. Like, what what would you say for an off? Uh, say a guy who works in the office. Write out everything you do on a day by day basis because people think they ain't got time. And then when you look at it, they go, three days is the sweet spot, I think. I think so too. Two days. I think I if mean... he says he can only do two, I know he can do three. Right. So my thing is, let's just, let's just, what's your, this is what my day looks like. What's your day look like? And then we could Monday, Tuesday, I'll go Monday to Sunday. I'm not talking about a typical day. I don't want to, I don't want to, this is what I do on a week, a work day. And this is what I do on the weekend. I'm going, tell me everything. 
Like, let's sit down. What time do you wake up? Cool. What time? What do you do when you wake up? Okay. What time do you need to be in the office? How long do you have before lunch break? Do Can you have an extended lunch break? Could you, are you prepping your food or are you going to lunch and spending an hour paying X amount of money? I always like to look at, when I work with my clients, like, what supplements do you take? And I go, don't need, don't need, don't need. I go, you've just paid for your coaching. <laughs> right. Yeah, money. that's a, that's a like common the half price. That's a common so, objection yeah. is the, the the money, the time, and then uh I don't know. I don't know what's there's a there's another third one that I'm missing, but it's it's money and time are usually the ones. Yeah, and then it's one of those like, oh, you want to lose weight, so you're eating out for lunch. Okay, so if we you think, obviously, when we go out, it might have you might go to a restaurant and it says the calories on, but what about if that chef or that they just puts more oil in or more butter in or we'll put more sauce on like they've noticed the inconsistency so and how much are you paying oh how much you spend a week on on food oh breakfast i go to and i get this and i get that so again i look i like looking it's not only saving people money but also time as well something maybe if, okay so when you cook your dinner make double are you, you okay eating lunch what you had for dinner the night before yeah i don't care food's food all right oh just 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 do double amount of food but I know you may have other commitments and you you may have to travel two hours to work. So again, just really getting to know what, what a typical day looks like and seeing what cha- small changes we can make and then giving them the confidence to be like, boom, yeah, right, this week all I'm going to do is train three times a week. That's all win. Just And then track, track the weights. I'm not even going to give you a program yet. Just to do go in the gym. Go in the gym. Do what you think you want to do. Tell me what you're doing. All right, cool. And then next week, right, now three week, three days a week, we're still good. How did you find that? Yeah, perfect. I think I can do four days a week, Luke. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Simon. You know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> like, let's, let's just get a few little wins and some consistency. I don't want you to bite off literally too much. Um, <laughs> and then look, I want you three days a week now, program for you. We're going a whole body split. 30 minutes, we're going to do supersets. The reason why we're going to do supersets is saves time and you'll like, you'll feel like you're, you're less rest and you'll, you'll, you'll get a bit more sweat because I know you, you like to feel like you've worked out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Nice. Oh, it's good, man. I ain't talked like this for ages. So it's good to still, I, I still got it. Still got it. Yeah. Still got <laughs> it. And I ain't, I ain't using it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the approach I'll take. Um, with that type of client. I, I literally had someone on LinkedIn tell me um, my time. Or he, it, this was like in, I don't know, December or something. And he was like, my time, my days are literally every minute is accounted for until January 15th or something. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, like, cause I asked him what initially, well, just stop. Yeah. I, so, I, I initially asked him for a 10 minute call. So I was like, if you, if you want to get on for 10 minutes, and he, and we've been messaging back and forth for about 15. So I was like, okay, I, I know this guy's bullshit. I'm not even going to, I didn't even respond. <laughs> yeah, you just spent 15 minutes going back and forth with a text, but you haven't got less than that time. Every minute is accounted for, every minute. <laughs> Sounds like he's got a fantastic life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want your client to do the minimal amount of changes possible to get the result that you're looking for, for that week, for that month. Because then what you're doing is you're going, right, I'm a master tradesman with all these tools. And I know that this tool is going to do the job starting off, but then when I have to get a little bit more intricate and I need to start crafting that physique, I can start just, 
oh, that's a good thing. Like you've got this big fuck off hammer and you're just smashing the wall down. But then you start building the house and then you start going, oh, actually, I want to carve out this physique. I want to carve this body out. And now I'm going to start using this more intricate piece of equipment to really start getting what I want to do. And I think that's the thing where um, little things like that, the minimal amount of changes possible to get the result that you and the client have agreed upon is the goal that you want them to achieve on a, a, a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual basis and setting those goals and going, if we can do that, then we're just doing this. It's perfect. Why, why do we need to make it harder than we need to? And then as your body, when people look at a plateau, they go, oh, plateau. I'm like, that's perfect. Amazing. You plateau. Do you know what that means? We have evolved. We've improved. We've developed. So now what we're going to do is we're going to get the other tool that I've got because I've not given you everything to do all at once and you've been able to sustain it. Now we're going to add, now we're going to look at how many steps you're doing a day. So I'm not going to get you to exercise more. And then going to go, right, you've got an iPhone? Cool. You always walk with it in your pocket? Perfect. Don't have to buy a Fitbit then. Let's just look at that. How many steps are you averaging per day? Okay, that. All right. Got to keep calories the same. You're doing 6,000? Let's go 8,000 steps a day. All right, cool. Just little, little tweaks rather than an overhaul of this ain't working. I need to throw everything away and start from from scratch and just, you need to start training. It's like, Simon, three days a week. Why? Like, I need six days a week. Nah, straight away. It's like, <laughs> mate, if your goal's like weight loss as well, like, do you know how many calories you're burning in that session? It's just easier to reduce your calorie intake or increase your physical activity load, like your knee your non-exercise activity for my genesis just okay do you work in an office cool what floor are you on 10th all right don't walk all the floors get goes five halfway or actually go on the lift walk down the stairs there you go little tweaks just little things where it's not like they feel like they have to go to the gym again or they have to really cut calories but there will be a time again if this is all goal dependent and that you all, will uh, have to be more extreme foundational and more right? consistent then you want to do a bodybuilder show? Get on stage with your skimpies on, tanned up. You're going to have to make more sacrifices than the person who just wants to lose two kilograms. Do you know what I mean? That's their goal. If someone would have told you during all those years that you were doing the wrong things, what is something that you wish uh, someone would have given you a little bit of tough love and, and saved you the struggle and the, the wasted time? Yeah, so th- if I would have answered this question probably a month ago or two months ago, I'd be like... I have no regrets. I don't care. Like mistakes are like they built me into who I am today. You can go, oh, they're learning experiences and stuff like that. But come on, man. If I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes. So it's part of the reason why sort of my goal now with obviously the personal trainer collective is to train trainers from day one rather than you're already qualified is to give them, because for me, my, my mission and my aim in, in life now is to impact the industry and, and have something that's excitable and progressive that I actually give, give back to the community and more so as in like, I wish I was training myself today when I started because I wouldn't, I would have started off on the right foot and I'm, I would probably be 
I might not even be having this conversation today because I might have been a really successful personal trainer and I might have been training celebs or I might have been doing this or doing that, but my thing, I probably weren't, but <laughs> my, my thing is to then have someone give me the truth, be honest and say, this is what you can expect in this career. This is what you need to know. And here's advice from someone who's been in the industry for 15 years now. Do this, do that. And then there'd be more people, 90% of trainers won't fail. I would try, my aim is to try and make 90% of trainers succeed. I know that's going to be swinging it that way to that way. It's going to be a mammoth task. Um, but let's say 90% of trainers succeed. Every trainer has 20 clients. That's the impact because that trainer is now getting results with the client without the client doing a stupid diet, without creating these bad relationships with food or feeling that they need to be in the gym every single day. The nation, the country, the world then becomes a healthier place. That, 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 and then when I'm dead, I can say I made an impact. But that's, that's what I want. So I think having someone who's been there, done that, who can really, and one of my aims is to sell personal training collective, get about 10 or 20 million, put about 5 million into investments that are going to pay me dividends every single month. Give me about 25 to 40,000 pounds a month. I've got my house by then. That's enough money for me to live the way I want to live. And then probably invest in other businesses because I like, I want to do that. Like I know what my ideal day looks like or what I want it to look like. And then I want to help people for free because I've, I've got mine and then I can have, uh, and it'd be the type of people I want to help. It'd be the people that have probably been brought up in an environment from family or school that are set up to not succeed or are not expected to succeed. And I'm not saying I'm that, but I'm definitely not, like you can hear from my accent, I'm not posh Englishman. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like one of them where I want to be in a position where I don't, I've got enough money and I can actually give back and I want to give back to people that actually uh, not been, not had the initial stages of their life um, given the tools or like you can't help where you're born. You can't help who your parents are. You can't help if traditional schooling is still traditional, out of date and teaching you nonsense. So I want to then work with those individuals and go, this is what I've done. This is what I think could work and do that for free. That, that, that give me more satisfaction than, than probably anything. So that, and if, the thing is, I'm only saying this today on a podcast because we, um, launched, we teamed up with EMIF coaching thing and they like, you need to come up with personal aims. Fuck money. Fuck this and all of that. Literally what really, really go, what is your aim? What do you want? And I had to write a eulogy as well. I had to write one and say, like, this is what do you want people to say when you're dead? Write that. And that it's only the last couple of days where I've really sat down. Going back to the things like you focus on 
just everything else but and you do stuff and you find yourself I'm go- in this business I'm doing that and you find yourself just doing stuff doing stuff and you're like why the fuck am I doing that <laughs> like is that really gonna bring me the internal satisfaction that I want or crave or want to live my life so when I am dead I can say I, I made an impact and yeah so I wouldn't have said that probably three four days ago the basic takeaway from that is is finding a mentor who is not just a mentor or guru who's going to sell you. It's someone who's actually done what you want to do and who's been there and can actually understand you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I got a lot out of that podcast uh, episode and, and actually I made a promise my very first episode that none of these, it's for business, for busy people, none of these episodes would be over 30 minutes and I'm going to have to make yours a four part series. We, we basically made a, a mini series here, Luke. <laughs> I said, we just, we just, we're not following the trends. We're setting the trends. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna hear you four times, four episodes in a row. So, damn, that's four posts I have to share. What, what a go. treat! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, right, thanks again for well, thanks uh, for having for, me on. Yeah, definitely. All right, that was Luke. I know that when I first started my podcast, I said that no episode would be over thirty minutes long, and that has kind of gone out the window. So, sorry about that. Or am I am I sorry? Maybe I'm not sorry. There's a lot of value in these episodes, so maybe I should say you're welcome. I don't know. Nobody's left me any good reviews lately, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's even listening. So please go leave me a review if you like the episodes. If you like my podcast, that would be very helpful. Um, if you don't like it, also that would be helpful to let me know what you don't like. Other than that, guys, thanks again for listening, all two of you. And uh, go follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Fit Adam. Send me a message if you want, or if you have a question, I'll be happy to answer it. That's it for today. I'm Adam, and thanks for listening to the Fittest Guy in the Office.